But this team knows all about beating the odds. We've been doing that for the past few years, you know. We uh, lose a few key guys, and we always have guys who step up and uh, take over the role. One play at a time, and remember, we control the tempo in our house, baby. Let's go. So as we're uh, staying with it right now here on this Mass Steel Podcast, let's get our next uh, topic for now. Uh, right now, beginning with uh, Dale Lally of uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports right now. Uh, currently, the progression of the Steelers right now uh, with their vaccinations is about 90% uh, right now, despite the fact that they are being denied uh, training camp at St. Vincent College. Uh, that's a lot of things where a lot of people are very uh, ticked off at, very extremely disappointed in right now uh, when we look at it. I mean, to say the least. We still have the Cowboys and the Chiefs uh, get their training camps in there. Cowboys are able to go to California, and then the uh, Chiefs, I forget where. But still, I mean, I, I, I don't get it. I mean, it's a head-scratcher, too, when you look at, like, how they're handling their vaccinations, too. I mean, getting themselves vaccinated. And, like I said, the only thing I could possibly think of, it's got to be something maybe with Roger Goodell keeping tabs on the governor, Governor Wolf over there maybe there's just some things some uh i mean red flags where he doesn't feel the way they handle things during the covid i mean i think they already just had the clearance get their uh have uh masks being removed so i mean look at right now i mean at this time and this is where i gotta look at just a little bit harder at this point is that right now, it's definitely a bummer. I mean, let's just say what it is. And it's uh, definitely a shame that fans won't be able to experience that uh, in person at Latrobe. But don't forget, too, now, it's not rule that fans can't attend. We got to wait to hear updates uh, come from the Steelers uh, staff, uh, where it's at Steelers.com. Or if you want to just follow me on Twitter at Steelers. Uh, if you guys want, if you guys want more information on that, remember to check out Missy Matthews too and uh, Teresa Barley. Uh, they're one of the top insiders. Missy Matthews is of course the on-field reporter during the games and hosts the Steelers live right there. You can follow her at Missy underscore Matthews right there. One of the top Steelers reporters in there, along with one of the top writers and Teresa Barley. Check them out, or Burt Lawton too, right there, who's one of the who's the Steelers' uh, spokesman for the team, uh, as far as like the communications department. And yeah, I, I think that's definitely a shame. I mean, a lot of people feel like right now, once again, it's another case of how the NFL likes to make it har- life harder on the Steelers as an organization, or it's uh, Craig now, where it's I mean, back er- a decade ago on the concussions. I mean, what hell with the hell it hits. Uh, fines. I mean, just uh, awkward stuff right there. I mean, competitive rules on the field. I mean, you know, you go on and on with the list. Her one person calling uh, 93.7 The Fan, the Bob Papiani sh- show uh, this past Saturday, and he was asking, like, well, if the late Dan Rooney was still alive, I mean, would he, would they be allowing this to go down right there? I mean, would he be able to find a way to get training camp back a little troll, but to be honest you, I'm not sure if that will make so much of a difference. I mean, I mean, pretty much taking a swap at, uh, at Art Rooney at the, at the end of the day, I, I'm not sure if that's the case right there. 
But, I mean, for the time being, listen, I, I don't mind it if, if it's got to return back next year. I would like to have it in Latrobe. Love the area. Beautiful place to go watch training camp. It was I had a ball. I was down there. And you look at it right there. I mean, I mean Heinz Field and of course the UPMC Sports Rooney uh, Complex got options. I mean, like I said, we have to be on standby just to see what is happening with uh, practice being available for fans to attend. And remember, listen, we still gotta just hold hold our horses just a little bit. And remember, we're barely coming out of COVID. I mean, and, and yes, we are barely starting to have some fans uh, come back when it's like in sports right now in the league. I mean, when you, especially just looking at the playoffs right now, I mean, once again, I mean, just starting to see how much of a huge difference to see that live raw fan emotion live and in person. I mean, just cheering on their teams. I mean, you got, I mean, you get, this has been a great, uh, NBA and Stanley Cup playoffs too. I mean, right now, I I really enjoyed it. I mean, when we look outside of football right now, I mean, I mean, look at for instance right now. I mean, the only one that's still got ways goes like in uh, Canada right now. I mean, Canada's done a fabulous job uh, take care of their uh, people, uh, their patients. I mean, their medical staff is definitely off the charts. I think if you ask me, but still, I mean, you got like teams like the Canadians. Uh, versus the, the defending Stanley Cup champions right now, Tampa Bay Lightning right now. Tampa Bay Lightning is looking to uh, make it back-to-back. Cup's uh, second team in the uh, 21st century, the new millennium, for PS champions last since the Pittsburgh Penguins. And which, by the way, they happen to do repeat, both the Lightning and the Pens will be tied alongside the Chicago Blackhawks with three Stanley Cups in this century, which would be a very impressive uh, feat right there, if you ask me. And, I mean, you got a story right there, too. I mean, Claude Julien, who's no longer the head coach, you got Dominic Ducharme right now, who's uh, coaching that team. And it's uh, definitely some uh, – and, and Mark Bergeron right there, too, a former uh, Chicago Blackhawk right there, who's been part of the front office uh, team. I mean, he's been a part – of a Stanley Cup tr- contribution back in 2010. He didn't become manager until the 2011-2012 season, but still, I mean, you look at, like, some of the stuff right there. And then you also look inside the NBA right now. I mean, you still got, like, you got the the Bucks who just defeated the Atlanta Hawks at Atlanta right there. Uh, very, very good atmosphere in at Atlanta. I, I love what they're doing with the Hawks uh, and their chemistry right there under head coach Nate McMillan right there. And then Giannis Antetokounmpo right now, will this finally be his year to break through and get that elusive NBA championship ring as we look at it right now? And uh, that's what I'm looking at, I mean, for the most part. So, listen, I think for right now, uh, and then you got the Suns right now trying to fend off the Clippers, trying to advance to the NBA Finals. Their first ever NBA Finals since 1993, where they were upended by uh, Goran and the Bulls, where they actually three-peated. So, I mean, you look at stuff right there. I mean, it's just still great. I mean, basketball and hockey playoffs. And it's a head-scratcher, yes, for, I mean, Steelers fans not to have that experience in Latrobe and St. Vincent College. 
But like I said, I mean, Sierra Nation, let's just uh, step back, take a deep breath. I mean, as much as I want to see it back, better safe than sorry. I mean, what would you rather have? I mean, no offense. I mean, there's just certain things we got to learn to be patient with. And to be honest, I don't think I want to go back in my car or while I'm working out hearing more news of positive tests uh, spiking. I mean, positive tests. It's just not worth that anymore. It really isn't. And I understand the frustration on that. Let's go into some other uh, stuff right here, too. I mean, uh, on this uh, Monsteel podcast right now, Ed Bouchette, he wrote a very beautiful uh, article I got a chance to look at before I went on the air here, uh, which he uh, written uh, basically just uh, recapping the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, Super Bowl 40 team and, and where they uh, definitely beat a lot of odds right there. A lot of characters, a lot of adversity they had to face, remember, I mean, you think about, I mean, a lot of stuff that went on right there. I mean, just flashback the year before, uh, Ben Rosberg's rookie year. And um, Jerome Bettis was definitely the take was starting to run on empty for uh, his NFL career. Uh, I mean, they went 15-1 and that season. I mean, Ben Rosberg going, I think, 13-0 and in his uh, first season. And then you looked at it right there, too. I mean, uh, they won a close battle against New York Jets. Uh, weighing that and sun death and overtime, but only lose once again to the New England uh, Patriots in the playoffs for the second time within four seasons. And that was about a time right there. I mean, Jerome Bess, I mean, like about shortly after that, I think like the next day, I uh, had a conference with his locker room and was just saying, you know what, listen, I think I'm going to have to hang it up. And then Man, there's just a lot of people who are just uh, devastated, including like Heinz Ward. I just remember like it was just yesterday. I was at home reading the paper. I was looking at it, and I just I just could not believe what was going on right there. And it was just sad. I, I felt like crying with those guys. It's just this just could be the way you want it to end. Unfortunately, we don't have things go our way a lot like that, but. I mean, for that group of character right there, I mean, the following season, and for Joel Bess to thankfully realize that the Super Bowl wasn't be in his hometown, Detroit, he wanted to seize an opportunity right there, uh, give it one more chance, and did not want to send the sideline with regret that, like, his team is in the Super Bowl and he's not on that team. I mean, he got it up, he came back, but then, remember, I think he had, like, a uh, leg injury, I mean, uh, during preseason. <laughs> where he was sidelined for a couple of games uh, before uh, starting the regular season. But still, I mean, that right there, I mean, for Jerome Bettis, you look at, like, you know, the road they had to go there that season. I mean, let's not forget where they lost the division eventually to the Cincinnati Bengals. He game back in early December, I mean, when we uh, looked at it, I mean, uh, for that time, I mean – Right there. I mean, they lost that game uh, to the Bengals in 2005. Uh, back on December 4th, 31-38, to only to win out their final four regular season games, get in the playoffs, be a wild card, get even with the Bengals, who they just lost to, and then get even with a coach team who got – they got humiliated on Monday Night Football – 
by 19 points, 7-26. And then they go face the Denver Broncos in Denver. I mean, this is – I mean, you're talking about a guy like Bill Cowher who's never won on the road as a head coach up until that point. I mean, and the, the funny thing is, all these uh, games on the road he finally got happened that season. I mean, just think about that. I mean, in Cincinnati, in the RCA Dome against uh, Peyton May and the Colts and, Toy, and someone of Tony Dungy's defense right there. And then going to Denver, too, which is not an easy place, you know, in Mile High Stadium. Usually, like, a, a spot where a lot of players dread playing there, especially who's got asthma, uh, health issues, breathing conditions. I mean, just, just think about that for a second. I mean, Denver, I mean, just playing in that atmosphere, but on that stage. And you look at, like, the stuff that was combined right there. I mean, Jerome Bettis and Willie Parker, they combined for about 74 yards uh, rushing on the gar- ground. But it was mostly Ben Rosberger and that offense, uh, ironically, in that game. And when you looked at that game right there where the Steelers defeated the Denver Broncos in the AFC uh, championship game, I mean, Beverly Rosberg completed uh, 21 out of 29 passes for 275 yards, two touchdowns and zero picks, only got sacked twice uh, for seven yards. And, I mean, just just wow. I mean, they were not to be denied. Of course, everyone knows what happened. Go Super Bowl in Detroit. Jerome Bez has a nice little presentation by the city of Detroit, gives him the key to the city as there was uh, teammates, the eve of the Super Bowl, and then Joey Poor and some of his teammates too. I mean, aside from uh, many players just wearing the Notre Dame uh, jersey, too, including Troy Palmao, who's a USC guy, did that, I respect for Jerome Best. But the nice little surprise they gave Jerome Best, usually when they would run out as a team onto the field, they allowed Jerome Best to go out first and experience that moment uh, by himself for a few seconds to run out there, and then his teammates come join him. I mean, it was just what a rush. You had a sloppy game by Ben Rosberger. I mean, yes, I mean, in that game right there, I mean, the character that they had, I mean, only throwing for 123 yards, completed 9 to 21 passes. I mean, only got sacked once, but, I mean, the running game, I mean, it was definitely a huge part of that story right there, too, as I mean, of course, uh, right there, the 70-plus yard uh, run by, uh, let's see, Fast Willie Parker, a uh, 75-yard run, excuse me, which I think is still the longest Super Bowl history, uh, which was helped by uh, guard uh, Alan Fanica in that game. I mean, it was just amazing, I mean, what they did. And for right there, I mean, speaking of which, too, I mean, those stories that guys, like, uh, that were told by Jerome Bettis, Alan Fanica, Kendall Simmons right there. I mean, there were a lot of guys who were dealing with some stuff, like, uh, off the field. I mean, as far as, like, health-wise, too, uh, right now, as we looked at, I mean, with that team. I mean, basically. Uh, I mean, Alan Fanica, he went for his career taking pills, I mean, f- pretty much for most of the day right there, uh, to help control his epilepsy. And I heard that uh, for the very first time, courtesy of Dan Saburn. I didn't know that until I uh, interviewed him. And this was like uh, about less than a month out before the Hall of Fame would be announced the eve of the Super Bowl, if Alan Fagel was going to get in or not. 
and of course uh, Bill Nun, Bill Nunn as well. But still, I mean, when you looked at it right there, I mean, like what he had to go through. I mean, and then uh, Jerome uh, Best too. I mean, uh, having uh, some of uh, his issues going on right now. As uh, we looked at it, I mean, it, it was just definitely right there. I mean, some stuff. I mean, right now, I mean, and Jerome Bess, he used to ward off his asthma right there. I mean, he had some asthma conditions he was going through. And then uh, Kel Sims has to take shots in his uh, stomach during games to control his diabetes, which he was diagnosed following the 2002 season, so which began in 2003. I mean, you think about that. I mean, Jerome Bess' quote was saying, we were like a walking pharmacy in one regard, according to Bess. Uh, except from his home in Atlanta. It's crazy when you think about what each guy was dealing with. Obviously, all life-threatening issues. And uh, Simmons was saying, let me tell you, an offensive line coach, which, by the way, is Omar uh, Auburn, when I did my diabetes speaking, that was one of the main points I made with people that helped get me through what I had to deal with. One of my best friends had epilepsy. He took his medicine consistently. If not, he would have a seizure and had to deal with that. And I watched Jerome have an asthma attack and have to use an inhaler, and this guy is a Hall of Fame running back. I mean, but still, I mean, you looked at some of the stuff right there, too. I mean, these guys did not want to use this as an excuse to, like, uh, go out there and perform and contribute as a unit. I mean, which really makes these guys truly men of steel, if you ask me. I mean, to do it for Jerome Bettis, of course, for their head coach, Bill Cower. I mean, and then also the ultimate uh, game, the one for the thumb. So, got their fifth Super Bowl, which tied with the 49ers and the Cowboys at that time before they won to win their sixth three years later to separate themselves from those two teams, which now they're tied with the Patriots, but whatever. But some awesome stuff right there. And I cannot wait to be down in Canton this summer to see that Hall of Fame induction ceremony right there. So now let's go ahead and go wrap up with Fair File right now uh, on this edition here of the Mass Steel uh, podcast. Uh, as we look at it right now, CBS Sports, they've ranked right now their uh, top 10 uh, coaches as far as like uh, going to the 2021 uh, season right here. As uh, we looked at it, I mean, CBS Sports uh, just uh, did this right now. And basically they're ranked with uh, – past performance and future outlook in mind. Not so much necessarily what they did on their career resume. I mean, just kind of like what they're doing going forward and just like recent from like their last season right now. Uh, Mike Tomlin, who's on this list right now, uh, he got in here at number 10. Uh, the guys uh, that are on this list prior to him, number one was Andy Reid of the Kansas City Chiefs, number one team in the league despite falling in the Super Bowl uh, to t- Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, Tampa Bay, you could say, and Bruce Arians, and a good defense, a stellar defense, which, by the way, and so a decent ground game. Uh, and then you had number two, Bill Belichick, despite going 7-9, not being in the playoffs, first throughout Tom Brady, having a few key starters opt out due to COVID-19, uh, going in a different direction of Cam Newton, a guy who was still having his issues at times, and uh, struggling, but managed to pull through. I mean, he has seven and nine record, but I mean, I mean, he gets viewed as number two team 
uh, which I think was a little bit ridiculous. But at the same time, too, I mean, listen, I, I think they're banking on the fact that now the COVID is kind of like phasing out. They could concentrate as a full unit right now. And I'd still like to see how that does versus Tom Brady. So far, Tom Brady's got the upper hand at with the Vince Lombardi Trophy. Uh, number three on here, you got John Harbaugh of the Baltimore Ravens, who uh, made his start to the second round of the playoffs, uh, losing to the Bills in Buffalo, going one and one, still finishing the season 11 and five, uh, to go to a 12 and six record overall. So he's the number uh, third coach, followed by Sean Payton of the New Orleans Saints, who went 12 and four. Uh, one and one in the playoffs to follow the Tom Brady and the Bucks in the divisional round at home, which was ultimately proved to be uh, Drew Brees' last game in his NFL career, especially with the New Orleans Saints. He ret- retired a few months later. Uh, followed by that, Sean McVay of the Buffalo Bills. He comes in at number five. And, of course, what he's been doing with Josh Allen, still got so a, a very stellar defense right now. Uh, which, by the way, too, I mean, you look at them right now. I mean, look at their rankings uh, for the time being. They finished as the number two team in the league, uh, second in points scored, second in number two uh, total yards uh, for offense. And on the flip side, too, I mean, their defense wasn't too bad either. I mean, 14th total defense. They I mean, so you're still in the, among the playoff teams as far as being respectable. 16th in scoring defense. and. I mean, so like I said, I mean, you're you're winning the playoff bracket as far as the rankings go. So you're still like fairly like middle of the pack, which is pretty darn good. I mean, pretty impressive, I would say. Uh, following uh, Sean McDermott at number five, you have uh, Sean McVay of the LA Rams right there. Uh, and mainly because of their defense right there. I mean, their defense carried them into the playoffs thanks to eventual uh, defense player of the year uh, and Aaron Donald. I know – on Steeler Nation, it still feels like P.J. Watt got ripped off. I, mean, I can understand that. I have no problem with Aaron Donald getting for a third time. He is that damn good, unfortunately. Sorry. I mean, listen, I, I know T.J. Watt's numbers were statistically a lot better, but when you look at what he's doing, going grinding through the teeth of an offensive line to get to the quarterback and do what he does, be a disruptor, just a little bit more of extra – and pressure on him to do what he does. I have no issue with it. Number one in total defense, number one in points defense. Uh, follow that, yeah, at number seven, Pete Carroll, the Seattle Seahawks. I'm fine with that and being at seven right there. 12 and four record, twice game bounce in the first round to the Rams in the wild card round in Seattle. Uh, followed by him, you got Bruce Arians at number eight, which I think should be a little bit higher. I think he deserves a little bit more respect than that. I mean, since you won the Super Bowl, I probably swap him out with uh, Sean McDermott at number five. I mean, obviously, I mean, you don't have Tom Brady. The Super Bowl run is not happening. They do not have that magical year like they're doing. It'll probably be like a stench uh, with the Cardinals and when he entered him as a coach with the Colts, to be honest with you. He's, he's not getting a chance without Brady. Plain and simple, and they're right there. But for going into this season, I'd swap him out with McDermott in a heartbeat. I give Bruce Jones that much respect. Uh, Matt LaFleur coming in right now, number nine. Uh, the same guy who Aaron Rodgers, who I think is scapegoating right now, uh, aside from Guna Coast right now, of the Packers GM. Uh, listen, uh, at the same time, too, I don't care how poorly executed those first three downs were trying to score for a touchdown to set up a two-point conversion to tie the game. 
I, I know you probably had to throw in the red flag and kick a field goal, but still, you do not tr- you do not dare and like leave that for chance with Tom Brady and the Bucks. Convert a pair of first downs. Let's see what happens. Dumb call. No. So you know what? He deserves to be in that spot as good as the offense was. I mean, and mainly because of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they had they were the third in uh, total offense. Fifth in scoring offense. I mean, with Matt Lafleur's uh, rankings right here. I mean, no, excuse me. Fifth in total offense, number one scoring offense. And of course, you got right now uh, after him, number ten, Mike Tomlin, who, by the way, again, won your first eleven games, but then in the last five games, going one and four, that game you. Beat the Colts, I think, from trailing by as many as 17 points, I want to say it was. Correct me if I'm wrong. To win that game, to hang on and clinch and win the AFC North division. I mean, got embarrassed by the Browns in the playoffs. Just call it what it is, despite the five turnovers by Ben Rosper. I mean, listen, uh, I can understand why he's at number 10, but I'm not sure if I will put him that high. I will probably swap him out with Sean McVay to be honest with you. Only because you won your division right there. I put him at least, uh, for that part, a number uh, six, if not the top five right there. But other than that, uh, fair foul that he deserves to be at number 10. I'll say fair. I'd still put him a little bit higher. But I can see why. And, I mean, people always continue to say, he has a coach that hasn't had one losing season. He's getting ready to pass my Schartenheimer for the most consecutive seasons without a losing season. And remember, it's only me you're going to have winning or a losing season. That's it. But for right now, no, I I, I'm, I, I don't think so. So, yeah, you got to really think about it, too. I mean, listen, he, he is uh, one of – Rare coaches, I mean, who struggled since their last Super Bowl appearance. I mean, when you think about it. I mean, and it's not hard to do what he's doing. I mean, basically. I mean, still, but when you really look at everything right now, I mean, from everything they, they did, and what they continue to do, I mean, going forward, I mean, it's uh, definitely interesting right now. And poster bowl records, by the way, too. I mean, when you look at it, most of the coaches all have losing records. I mean, you look at Mike Tomlin, he has been three and six. Andy Reid so far is the only one that's got a winning record on that, I think. And that's uh, 10 and 9 since then. Then followed by Bill Cowher in 9 and 5. I'm not sure if Andy Reid is at 500, but still. I mean, then you got uh, Tom Landry at 5 and 6, Pete Carroll 5 and 6, as well as Mike McCarthy 5 and 6, Tom Payton 5 and 7, Tom Coughlin 4 and 0. I mean, made the playoffs one more time only to win the Super Bowl. I mean, of course, you had some playoff droughts in between. I mean, for like four straight years before eventually just hanging up and retiring. Don Shula, four and five. 
I mean, Vince Lombardi at 3-0. I mean, Vince Lombardi, I mean, what can we say? I mean, a savant at the head coach. And then Dick Vermeil at 3-2. and two. But you got to look at it in today's era. Yes, I see the argument where you could be made that he's key to his teams and contention. The problem is the way they've been finishing down the stretch. 2018, when you're at 7-2-1, I mean, you go, I mean, for the most part, at that point in time, Seven, two, and one, I think it is. Uh, let's double check that. I mean, that 2018 team, I mean, that where the wheels really started to fall off at that point. Yeah. Seven, two, and one. And what they do, they go for the most part. Two and four. The finish nine, six, and one. 2019. I understand you're without Ben Rosberger. The defense was still carrying you. The running game was kind of sort of starting to figure out things down the stretch. Still making some plays. Almost pulled off the impossible, but still. I mean, when they're eight and five, needed at least three wins at the most, or at least two out of three with some help. They could have made the playoffs. Instead, they go 0-3 down the stretch. And then, of course, 1-4, ultimately 1-5, including the playoffs this past year. So that's the only reason why. I mean, Mike Tomlin, very damn good respected coach. But like I always say, not always how you start, but how you finish. And we're going to finish this one up here on the Metal Steel Podcast. Uh, thank everyone for who took the time to tune in. I'm going to come back Mondays and Wednesdays. I'm going to try and go transition to an hour show from 8 to 9 p.m. Sorry for starting just a little bit later, but uh, if you guys want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter at MetalSteelCGR and on Instagram at MetalSteelNation. I leave you. I'll be rolling. I'll be rolling here with Sir Zergo. I go. Here come the bus! Here come the bus!